Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Um Hello. Hi. How 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 are you doing since yesterday? I mean, do I just get straight into it, babe? Because I really don't know what else to think about or do, to be really honest. Damla has Damla's seen David Tennant in the flesh. I thought right. Just to to clarify and preface preface preface, um, <laughs> so today, not I don't really like to date episodes. You know this, Elliot. I feel like some of the audience members know this. I want to just say today is the day the power of the Doctor airs. We haven't seen it yet. You would have seen it by now. We would have seen it by now by the time this is out in the world. But at, in this very moment, we still haven't seen it. And I've just had a very Doctor Who weekend, and it's just been a bit. It's been kind of iconic. Not gonna lie. So. I basically took it upon myself to buy some tickets for David's current West End run of Good, the Harold Pinter play. I believe it's the Harold Pinter play in the Harold Pinter Theatre. Um, either way, it's in Harold Pinter Theatre. If it's not a Harold Pinter play, don't come for me. Um, 
because I thought, do you know what? I've never seen David Tennant in person. I've never had the honor of meeting him. Um, I wanna, I, I mainly want to see him act. I want to see him act in, in front of me, in front of my very eyes. And I found some stalls tickets for about thirty quid, and I was like, mm, I'm not gonna pass that up. Do you know what I mean? So went to see him yesterday, and honestly, right, gonna sound really wanky and stupid, but like. Obviously, David Tennant's a massive deal to me. If anyone knows me, they know this. Since I was eight years old, seven to eight years old, that man has been my idol, like, literally top-tier human for me. So I thought I was just going to be freaking out the entire time. But after two minutes of being like, that's David Tennant, oh, my God, that's David Tennant, I actually forgot it was him because I just completely got lost in his character. He was absolutely disgustingly incredible. Like, he was so good. But then also on top of that, another fun thing that happened was uh, Michael Sheen was at the um, was at the same show as me. So he was about six, seven rows in front of me and I had a perfect view of him from where I was sitting. And it was kind of it was really strange because he walked in with his wife and Elliot and I were actually messing just before I was about to watch the show. I was literally in the theatre. We were messaging and Elliot was like, oh, isn't that the play? You're seeing the play that... Um, Michael Sheen is in and I said no 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 Michael Sheen isn't in this play it's someone called Elliot Levi they look kind of similar they kind of got similar vibes so I get the confusion they're literally it, I think gone yeah I think I I the only exposure I'd remotely had to the play was on Georgia Tennant's Instagram and she'd posted something and it looked like David Tennant and Michael Sheen and then she said like oh I'm so proud of these two so I just assumed that they were doing a play together yeah it, it, Elliot Levi does have very similar vibes to Michael Sheen I have to say like curly hair you know so, anyway, so we had just been talking about that, and then literally, what, five minutes later, I look up, and I know, I, I, I recognise this person who's just walked in, and I, it's not connecting in my brain, but then I recognised his wife from Staged, because I've seen a bit of Staged, and, um, which I actually highly recommend, very funny show, um, and I was like, oh my god, that's Michael Sheen and his wife, um, they're literally sitting seven rows in front of me, hilarious, hilarious, <laughs> um, I'm not the biggest good omens girly i'll be honest uh but it was still wholesome nonetheless and i also enjoy michael sheen for his many roles that he's done love michael sheen um but yeah honestly seeing david Tennant in the flesh highly recommend by the time this episode comes out it's going on until the play is going on until the 24th of december so right up to christmas eve if you can find good tickets like me i highly implore you to go see it very interesting messages spoken about in the play you know, yeah, honestly, David Tennant's a tour de force. He's amazing. And I have, I could talk, I could gush about him forever. But unfortunately, we have a really cool episode of Doctor Who to get to. So I won't bore you. But before we talk about that episode, Elliot, we got more emails, didn't we? We did get more emails. Um, and also on top of talking about good as well. Uh, I just also wanted to have a special thank you to uh, a wonderful person named Rachel who got in contact with the podcast, mostly to message Damler about how much she enjoyed yeah. watching Good in the West End. Um, but yeah, we do have two emails, two wonderful emails. Uh, and I'm, I'm spoiled for choice. I don't know which one to pick first. This is just the first one I've clicked. So in no particular order, the first email goes as such. Hi, Elliot and Damler. I hope I spelled both of your names correctly. You didn't, but I won't hold it against you. <laughs> I have a really ridiculous, irritating way of spelling my first name, uh, and it still haunts me to this day. So, don't sweat it. 
I'm on Turkish, so I have no hope. <laughs> Damla's is Turkish. I just have ridiculous parents. <laughs> So hi, Alan Demler. Hope I spelled both your names correctly. I'm not normally a podcast listener, but I heard about your show a while ago and finally finished binging all of the episodes. Your pod reminds me so much of me and my best friend talking about Doctor Who, and I love how you two bounce off each other. Keep my ears open every week for the next episode to watch it as soon as I can. Gives me the perfect amount of laughs and feels every week. Never know if I'm going to laugh or cry listening to you both talking about something you're so passionate about. I give you air from my lungs, and that is from Mickey. They, them. Mickey, thank you. Honestly, right. When anyone, because we've got a lot of emails recently and like correspondence where people are like, I've binge listened to your episodes. The fact that you're able to take Elliot and I for about what, a day or two or three days, most of, most of you say it takes you about three days to binge the episodes. Congrats to you for being able to put up with us for that long in such a short amount of time. Wow. Second of all, thank you again as always, always for listening to us, just actually even taking in what we're saying. And third of all, the fact you said it reminded you of you and your best friend, that is exactly what we're going for on this pod. So thank you for letting us know and just warming our hearts. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I always appreciate it because I usually open these when I should be doing something else at work. Uh, And it does mean the absolute world. Uh, Adore that you used our silly catchphrase from the end of the show. Also appreciate the pronunciation guide to your first name as well. Absolutely lovely. And something I often say in replies, and we say on social media, but I just want to shout it out here as well. They's, them's, wonderful trans listeners, you're all wonderful and beautiful and so valued, and we really appreciate you emailing in and giving us your pronouns. It genuinely, genuinely does mean a lot. I actually saw a tweet the other day, and I think I sent it to you, or I, I retweeted it on the podcast Twitter page, and it was something like, when a Doctor Who fan uses they, them pronouns, and then the reaction photo was like, that's so fucking hot. <laughs> so hot. This It's a, it's a podcast for the girls, the gays, and the theys. No, it, do you know what it actually is? This podcast is for the girls, the gays, and the theys, okay? It really is. And we also have another email here from Kitty. And Kitty says, Hello, I have not stopped listening to your podcast since I found your TikTok page a few days ago. Listening has made me feel so happy because none of my friends have seen Doctor Who. Kitty, that is a crime. Please find yourself new friends. Yeah. Or, of course, force them all to watch Doctor Who. And then listen to our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, they get them to listen to a pod. (laughs) None of my friends have seen Doctor Who and I have nobody to talk to about it. That is also a crime. Please... Please, not just through email, through Instagram, through TikTok, through whatever. Send us a message. We'll talk to you about Doctor Who. Yeah. And we do anyway on the podcast, but always, always, if there's anything you want to talk about, please, I don't want you to feel like you can't talk about something that you're clearly in love with. Listening makes you feel really happy and helps you focus on my uni work. I'm also autistic, and Doctor Who is one of my special interests, so this podcast holds a special place in my heart already. Looking forward to the next episode already from... Kitty, we're looking forward to the next episode already. That was an amazing, amazing email. Like honestly, Kitty, thank you so much for, you know, sharing that with us. Yeah, I don't know. It made me emotional reading that. I just, yeah, you lot, you lot, yeah, you lot. It was incredibly wholesome, uh, incredibly beautiful as always. We do have the best listeners in the world. Yeah, and 
I think I may have mentioned it before, but again, I just really appreciate other autistic people getting in touch to talk about their hyperfixations on Doctor Who. It uh, makes me feel less alone, even though I'm doing this at Damla. You know, it's nice to it's nice to have that shared experience. Um, so please keep them coming. We really love reading them, and it always makes us cry a little bit. It's great. Thank you so much, guys. Well, that is it for admin emails everything so i think we're gonna just go straight into talking about the episode today and damla i have a feeling it's going to be a great episode you can trust me on this (laughs) (laughs) oh lord So today on the show we are talking about Rise of the Cybermen. I actually did my research this time, and by our official count, because we're including the Christmas Invasion, it is Series 2, Episode 6. I really, really know that I've messed up some of those counts, and it's going to really annoy people who are really specific about their numbers, and I can't (laughs) wait. It was broadcast on the 13th of May 2006, it was directed by Graham Harper, and written by Tom McRae. So, Damla, as per usual, I know you love a factoid, so I am coming loaded with factoids this week. The factoid gun is fully loaded, full clip, ready to go. (laughs) Basically, if you are a keen observer, you would have noticed that in the end credits of both this and the next episode, whatever that may be called, a man named Mark Platt receives a with thanks credit. And that is because Mark Platt is the writer of a little big finish audio drama called Spare Parts, which this is loosely based upon. Much like Jubilee and Dark, this is based on Spare Parts. I will say, very loosely, Spare Parts is a very, very good audio drama. It is steeped in Cyberman lore, basically before the events of the first Cyberman story, The Tenth Planet, um, the Fifth Doctor and Nyssa visit um, Mondas and they are there to see the birth of the Cybermen happen. Oh, wow. And it takes very minor cues. It's completely different to spare parts. I think it's more just the idea of giving the Cybermen an origin story is kind of what it's lifted from. Yeah. Um, Because, of course, the Cybermen are the Mondasian Cybermen, so they have the weird voices and the surgical masks. Yeah. But it's a very, very good drama. Recommend it. And sort of visceral descriptions of those Mondasian Cybermen uh, as, like, police officers wielding batons, riding, like, robot horses and things, because they're almost fully cybernized. It's a very cool story. Is it as good as Rise of Cybermen Age of Steel? I don't know. Two different mediums. Why are you trying to get me to compare? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but yeah, just wanted to get that out of the way out front. Much like Dalek, based on a big finish story. So right up top, I used to rewatch this episode a lot as a kid, and um, it's because my nan, uh, she had bought me uh, for my birthday because back then I mean they're still expensive now but like back then it was way more expensive buying either three episodes of Doctor Who on DVD was like 10-15 pounds yeah a really annoying inefficient way to do this yeah it's like why on earth did understand. they used to do that like the box sets I only got until like I only got them in like 20- 2009 or something like that um, 
Yeah, I never owned any of the box sets. I used to have all of the individual volumes because I, I don't think they ever released them at the same time as well. So when a volume would come out, I'd get bought a volume. Um, yeah, yeah because they were them. so expensive, and the most accessible way to do it was like buying each uh, volume. So like it would be like the first disc would be, for example, Rose, uh, End of the World, I'm Quite Dead. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to buy the next volume, which are the other three. Like, it's a really annoying way of doing it, but it's the only way, like, normal people, working class, can afford to watch Doctor Who back then, because there wasn't BBC iPlayer and all that stuff. Um, so I had... I was bought this DVD, and because, obviously... Hello, I'm obsessed. I would re-watch Rise of Sidemen, Age of Steel, and Idiot's Lantern all the time. This episode, this two-parter, has big mems for me. Big mems. For me, I just, I just like the story. It's a really interesting and unique story. Yeah, I lo- honestly spoiler, I guess, for both parts, but I like both parts really a lot. I really adore the Cybermen. But then that leads me on to a question for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know what this episode's about. Mm-hmm. I know what IMDb thinks this episode's about. I know what Google thinks this episode's about. I know what John Lumick thinks this episode's about. But Elliot, I don't care about that. I want to know what you think it's about. Um, oh, there's so much um, that I hadn't prepared for because we like to be off the cuff. Yes. You know what, actually, for something that we didn't... This is not planned. This is not planned at all. But I'm actually going to do basically what you said, but I'm going to go in the opposite way because of something that I made a note of in the episode, which is this episode... Is about how people who think that they're really cool and aren't sheep because they don't buy iPhones and they have Androids and they have you know the quality of a potato when they take photographs. You're not cool. You're not edgy. You're not alternative. You're not a freedom fighter. You're just a bit lame. <laughs> yeah, it's not that deep. If you don't okay, if you don't have an Apple phone, great. You're you're you're, you're least poor than most of us, but your photos okay. look crap. You're not saving the world. What I think this episode's about is. Don't wear AirPods. Don't buy it. Don't buy AirPods because, do you know what? They're probably run by Cybers Industries, and you're probably going to turn into a Cyberman. Do you know what? We're both recording on Apple device right now. Let's just get rid of them, Elliot. We got, we got, we got to rebel. You know what I mean? You do own AirPods. I own Samsung earbuds, but but yes, like I say, you're not freedom fighters. You are just boring. To quote, maybe something from this episode. You may be many things, Android user, but you're not God. Mm-hmm. So, one thing I... I was going to say one thing I love. That's not true. I love multiple things about this episode. But, what a great cold open. Honestly, this opening is so... It's a mix between kind of camp, like most of the series, but also like genuinely eerie, interesting and creepy. Because you know obviously there's Cybermen in it, because it's called Rise of the Cybermen. And the next time trailer massively spoiled. Everything. Yeah, but it's really great. And do you know what? The man that dies at the start, the one that's like testing out that it's alive, um, mm-hmm. he was really giving his all. He was really going for it. His death face is hilarious. He's like... <laughs> the best way possible. And yeah, yeah. Roger Lloyd Pack is John oh. is having the time of his life. Hello, Dave. <laughs> um... It's, yeah, like you say, it's genuinely, it's a bit eerie, it's a bit creepy. They keep yeah. the design hidden, which I think is a really good idea. Yeah. Even though, again, you could have seen in the next time trailer, the design is really well hidden. But yeah, yeah everything about the opening, camp, 
fun. It doesn't like the cliffhanger is just him being like, set sail for Great Britain. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's very, very he's, he's almost kind of like Anthony Head, but what I find right, quite interesting about Roger's performance is all, he, he speaks like a Cyberman, and that was probably on purpose, but like hmm. the more I watch this episode, I realise, no, he's actually speaking like a Cyberman. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really strong performance. He's looking camp right in the eye. But as always, is also an interesting, compelling, and sympathetic villain. Yeah, hundred percent. And I do, I do feel for him at some points. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Definitely. and I have lots of thoughts on Lumic actually. Same. However, I sort of made a bunch of notes, almost sort of out of order. Like I had, I had ideas and thoughts whilst I was watching the second part, um, as opposed to the first part. So there mm-hmm. are some things I want to discuss about Lumic that um, I want to bring up, especially in Age of Steel. Yes, so do I. But yeah, we go through go through the intro and then the TARDIS crash lands. Ripped out of the time vortex. Well, I want to talk about Mickey for a sec. You want to talk about Mickey? I want to talk about Mickey! Give Mickey. it some welly! Mickey the idiot. Mickey the idiot. As you all know, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, Ellie and I are not the biggest fans of Mickey... Up until this point, uh, in series one, Mickey's genuinely kind of annoying. Um, and Noel Clark's a horrible, heinous man. Yes. But also, series two Mickey, I actually genuinely really enjoy. So again, if we ever talk about Mickey, it's always the character, not Noel Clark, because no. Um, I feel really bad for Mickey in this two-parter. Like, I actually want to give him a hug. I really do. Because... Bring out the little violins. I don't know what song that was, but I'm just making the tune on my little violin uh, because I'm a pick me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Being left out in a group of three is not fun. (laughs) It's not, is it? It's not. This is true. And it's like Mickey's genuinely an afterthought in this episode. Yeah. To to um ten and Rose, I should say, like to them, it, they, he feels like an afterthought. Like you know, he's been pressing that button. Yeah, it's funny because he's like, you know, you could have let go like half an hour ago, but they forgot about him because they were having their little silly goofy chats. Yeah. Um, was it? Was it? Ten, yeah. Oh, ten minutes. Twenty. Twenty nine. Yeah. You just forgot me. <laughs> no, I was no. I was calibrating. <laughs> but it's like yeah, I just feel like in this episode, Mickey is an afterthought to the pair of them. And the bit that really gets me, not to jump too forward, but when um, Rose is like, I'm going to go see them. I'm going to go see my mum and dad, well, my parallel mum and dad. And then Mickey's like, I'm just a spare part. You're not going to follow me, are you? You're going to follow her. And then Ten does run after her. It's horrible. I don't like it. Yeah, to be fair, though, I guess, Mickey hasn't actually said what he's going to do. And it could just be like, I'm going to go and see if Big Ben is now Little Ben. Because this is a parallel world where everything's <laughs> a bit weird and a bit different. Little whereas, Ben. Whereas, I mean, obviously, you know why he's going to chase after Rose anyway. But like, he, she has at least expressed that she's going to do something which could potentially break down the wall of the reality. This is true. Yeah, you make a good point. I don't know. I just I felt really bad for Mickey um, in this episode. And... 
see, I, I struggle to not because of any, not because I dislike him, but just because I find his story so interesting in this episode and so enjoyable, and I like sort of the ending that he gets. I sort of, I don't know, I maybe it's because I, I just know how it works out, so I don't ever watch it and go, sure, oh, I feel bad okay. for him. Like I sort of know the the flow, so I can't necessarily say that I've that I've felt bad for him, but that's not for any reason other than just I know that it all works out quite nice, and he gets some nice little moments. Well, well, that you make a good point there again because I actually really like the structure of this two part. Oh, like especially in this episode, you get um the break off of the story, so you get Mickey and the little, what what's the little gang called in the van? The gang in the van, the gang in the van. Yeah, I can't. They're they're they're. They don't really have a name, do they? They call they're themselves just... they call themselves Freedom Fighters, don't they? They're something. Yeah, like well, they're the Freedom Fighters. Let's call them. Yeah, let's call them that. Uh, the Freedom Fighters. I love that little break off with Mickey and the Freedom Fighters, and then Rose and Ten. I think that's a good little break off. I do. It's just I felt bad for Mickey uh, in the first place, but I do also really like when they come out of the hard. Well, well, Ten being really annoyingly sad about everything, just like we're in some sort of no place. You know where we're we gonna get help from, and it's like, well, can you stop being so negative? Chill. Last yeah, last Tardis in the universe. Mm-hmm. Dead. Mm. But then. To be fair, though, I do like, once again, Gold Star for Rose for just very angrily going, well, we've landed, so we've got to be somewhere. It's great. Yeah, like, yeah. I agree, though, so we have to be somewhere. Where where else would we be, you know? Yeah, can't be in a nowhere place. And then Mickey's, like, also known as London, England, Earth. Question for you. How much do you love the Zeppelins? How much do you fucking love the Zeppelins? I do really like the Zeppelins because it's one of those things when you think parallel world like Mickey says where everything's the same but a little bit different and I can't think of a better more succinct way to do that than just to have Zeppelins overhead well this is it because what I feel like is when I've seen parallel universes in other forms of media and shows and things there's so much that's different and it's like mm, I feel like a parallel universe would be also that's excluding everything everywhere all at once because that film has nothing wrong with it and everything that is in that movie is perfection and i love the universe with the hot dog hands so let's not get it twisted but with like with this we're we're taking shots at doctor strange that's what we're taking shots at yeah um (laughs) wanda maximoff supremacy just saying um what i love about this parallel universe is that it's literally the same but you've got these tiny little minuscule changes and then you've got that aesthetic of the zeppelins in the sky I love it so much. The design of the Zeppelins, oh my God, I could talk about it for years. Um, it's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, so every decision has its own sort of splinter and branch and different things. And yeah, I like seeing where those alternate paths go off. Like Pete becomes famous in this world, earns money through selling Vitex, which I like the continuity on Vitex. You know, I love me some Vitex. Yes. But then that, splinters off and it means that him and Jackie don't have a happy marriage because they didn't have a happy marriage particularly in Father's Day yeah and they continue that branch and then because of that they don't have a child and it's very interesting just to sort of see how each little sort of decision or life choice creates a different ripple a different branch on this weird parallel world I think it's really cool and again it's that idea that Nine said in Father's Day it's like one ordinary man can change the universe and P, in this parallel universe, because he's obviously alive, he went on and he was successful. But then obviously that came at a cost to, I guess, his personal life and like his family. Oh, he's not, he doesn't really have as much of a family in this, but it's like, 
I'm assuming because he got successful, that's also why there was a lot of issues in the marriage. But also, these characters are slightly different. I feel like Pete Tyler in this parallel universe is genuinely what Pete Tyler was like in Father's Day. Like, very similar energy, very similar characteristic. But Jackie, miles apart. Miles apart. I love. I do like her in this two-parter because I just enjoy that they give Camille Kaduri just, like, horrible... No, so yeah, because she's always just so lovely and so sweet, and I always want to give Jackie a hug. And in this one, she's just a horrible like. She she's has that, horrid. you know, you get that. Obviously, you always get that sort of little bitchy kind of can be quite confrontational side of Jackie. Yeah. And then in here, it's just in spades. It's great. Do you know what she's serving? <laughs> Cut. Yes. <laughs> and I will bleep that out. That's what she's serving. It's great. Like she's just so horrible. Yeah, she is. But she's also very troubled, and you can see that she's got a lot of issues. Yeah, it's like normal, the normal unparalleled Jackie is very sweet and friendly, but you can tell that there's a lot of issues sort of going on deep down. But she has the front of lovely sweetness because she has to worry about Rose, whereas here, because she doesn't have to worry about Rose, she has a lot of issues going on, but she can just be a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, and she's just very... She obviously doesn't treat Pete very well. Um... Yeah. And to be fair, she has hand-sculpted arrangements by Veronica Reykjavik. From Reykjavik? That's really, that's really mean. There's a couple of bits where she's almost like, where sometimes she's mean to the point where I'm like, oh, which is when, yeah, Pete's trying to give her the flowers and she's like, you know, no, your secretary stopped off at a petrol station. I don't want those. Yeah, it's, it's not very nice. I have an awful lot of time for Pete Tyler, as always. So much time for Sean as an actor. Um... Yeah. I just enjoy his, his screen presence. I think he's a really compelling character. I love Pete um a lot. Um is he my favorite Doctor Who dad? Yes. Yeah. I think he is. Yeah. But then is Wilf also considered kind of like a father figure? Yes, but he's he's, he's everyone's favorite granddad, you know. I like um I like Rory's dad. Oh, Arthur, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah, Arthur Williams. Oh, I do love him. No, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> Pete does take the edge for me slightly. I do yeah. prefer Pete a bit more. Um, I will say, when the Rose dog comes up, it always never fails to make me giggle. It is very funny. It's because... Rose! I was going to say, it's, it's, the, it's the Rose, Rose. And then you are slowly realising. It's like, oh, she's going to need a bath. She'll be honking tonight. Rose! Yeah. And it's just a little, like... <laughs> Yorkshire Terrier. Do you know what I hate about myself, right? In mm. general, um, I <laughs> I hate that I speak to my cat like that. <laughs> Everyone speaks to their animals like that, though. And if you don't, what are you doing? Everyone's always like, hello. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. But yeah, I, I do think it's quite funny that they have... Because they could have easily done that thing of like getting Rose, but like maybe Rose was a boy or Rose was really ungrateful and entitled and like... Yeah. I'm just glad we had Rose the dog instead. I think that speaks volumes. I think that's way better. And my exact reaction is always the reaction that Ten gives when they're at the party. Yes. Oh, such a good reaction. Trying to hold composure, but just... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and Rose is like, what? Now you say this, another great, great way to transition into this point that I have. I find Ten extremely annoying in the start of this episode because he's so insensitive to Rose's feelings. Mm. I get he's trying to bring her down to earth and I get he's trying to like 
you know, ground how she feels and, like, not make her overthink. And, like, because, you know, they're going to be leaving this power universe and that's what they need to focus on. However, I'm sorry, if I was... If I had lost my parent and they were here alive and I could see them, yeah, I would take every opportunity to see them. But also because I... You know, I'm personally, I'm really close with my mum and dad. Even seeing a parallel version of them, I would really want to see that and, you know, know what's going on. Um, you know? Yeah. I feel like if this happened in series three and it was to do with Martha, Martha mm. would probably ask Tim what he'd do if he travelled to a parallel universe where the Time Lords are still alive. Yeah. Then he'd give, like, a, a little speech. They're all gone, Martha. But we're not... We're not quite at that point of character development yet, but you know, he talks to Martha about the Time Lords more than he talks to anybody else. This is true. Because you know what? Because of... Sorry, go on. No, because Martha... I would tell Martha everything about my life. That's true. And also because the Master's coming back, we need to sort of reintroduce the Time Lords in that season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the end of Gridlock. For no reason, he just pulls up a chair and just sits wistfully looking at I just movie. fucking love Series 3, and I can't wait. So this two-part is incredibly nihilistic. It's very bleak, as it should be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with a question before I carry on making my point. Yeah. Which is, yeah, agree or disagree with the following statement? Maybe other than the end of this series as well, because the sidemen do show up again. Uh, the sidemen haven't been done right in New Who since this episode. Oh, interesting. I just think this is the only one that gets that kind of body horror conversion. Of course, they are good in, in Doomsday, but they're more there to serve a plot purpose. And from then yeah. on out, like, literally, they just show up. They are just generic metal gunmen, and that's all they do. And it's very Ooh. upsetting. I mean, Doctor Who has a troubled history with Cybermen anyway, because, you know, they always turned into generic baddies, but... I just I don't know I'm just thinking about like even episodes that I don't mind like I don't mind um I don't mind Nightmare and Silver um I don't mind Closing Time I really like Closing Time like I quite enjoy I quite enjoy I it. love that episode but you know they're sort of not really they're barely in it are they you know but the, the, I don't yeah I have to agree with you actually but I'm just thinking like wow. I don't yeah the they're so underused all the way through Barfat's run, and then it, and people really like the current side of men. I don't really understand why. Like, I'm not interested. Like, Ashard is a really interesting character, but like all the Cybermaster stuff and like side men with the spiky shoulders and everything don't get the love for them. They don't do anything except storm ships and shoot people. That's it. But yes, yeah, side men haven't done been done particularly right, and they always had a troubled history anyway because they always became a bit generic and a bit nothingy. But I have a big love for the side men, and I'm waiting for someone to do something with them. That is more interesting than just metal men with guns. Or, you know, um, making them have high heels on. You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Oh, Torchwood, we love you, but sometimes you really test our patience. They're a really good concept. Actually, question for you. The design of these Cybermen, I need your thoughts and feelings. It's really tough. Because mm. I I have a lot of nostalgia for these Cybermen because they were so do I first Cybermen I saw I like yep. as I wrote in my notes for the next episode because I forgot to mention it I love the stompy clumpy noises that they make um, yeah I like the yeah. voice I like the voice modulation and I like some of the things they do with them but I do think they are too the too lacking humanity 
But I don't mind in this two-parter because they're a product of a parallel world and they're, they're built and manufactured to be a product, right? Like 10 says yeah. next episode, you know, they even have a logo on the front of them. I don't mind that, but I feel like it's what happened with them going forward where they're keeping them too metallic, too robotic, go like in other episodes. It works for the two-parter, but it's not how I like my Cybermen. I like my Cybermen to have a bit more weird humanity to them. Do you know what my issue is with the design? Mm. See, the metal elements, I actually really enjoy, and I actually really like how they look. My issue is, you can see that like suit underneath where the actors underneath are performing. And yes, they need to have comfort while they're in them. We don't want anyone suffering for the hands of a TV show. But I feel like they could have made that less obvious. Like It's like a, it's like a light crow, almost like a surfing costume underneath. Yeah. And it really took me out of it sometimes. Similar like the, the mesh on the eyes, you can tell they're like foam. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it as bad as and like this is I think this is iconic and fun because it was just what television was like at the time. But is it as bad as the Tenth Planet very first appearance of the Cybermen, where now if you watch it in on your bigger picture, you know, with less distortion, less fuzz, you can see where their helmets are sellotaped together. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. <clears throat> we'll get to it. I really want to. I really want to do some of my Cyberman voices, but I know that I'm too nervous now, and I'm not going to actually be able to do them because it takes a lot of work to get into that headspace. But I really want to. I, I would love to show <laughs> you. It's a lot Cyberman. of mental hoops. I'd love to show you my Cyberman voices. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But yeah, and I, th- I think this episode has a lot more to say as well, just sort of going back to the logo things. It has a lot more to say than just technology bad. I think sometimes this gets lumped in as being just like a tech bad, phone Wi-Fi bad kind of episode, like fucking Black Mirror. But I actually think it has a lot more to say about sort of weird uber hypercapitalism and products. I think I completely agree with what you just said. I think that's a really important point you've just made. I don't think it's saying that technology is bad or whatever. I think it's about making the right choices. When it comes to... I mean, I do find it eerily, eerily very similar to nowadays, like I said, with AirPods. Like, it's very... 
similar to Apple, Edpods, you know, and all that kind of thing, like Steve Jobs, John Lumick, you know. But I, yeah, but I also think, like, maybe when this was coming out, you were sort of seeing the potential popularity rise of the, the Bluetooth headset. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah, of the yeah, earpieces yeah. and things. And I guess it's just one of those things that technology sort of evolves and changes, but we all have those kind of central things. And I'm sure there are people probably watching this in 2005 going, oh, man, we're here. We're here already because we've, we've got the Bluetooth earpieces. And now you look back at that and it's so quaint and different. You're like, oh, bless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One interesting thing um, that I found was the mention of Torchwood wasn't even subtle. It was like twice. They mentioned <laughs> Torchwood twice. I only picked up on it once. Please enlighten me. So when it's actually to be fair, to be fair, the first time they mention it, it's it's like blinking, you'll miss it kind of thing. And then the second time is straight up like, "How's Torchwood?" And it's like, "All right." <laughs> um, the first time is when Rose is going through her phone. Um, she's sitting on that bench by herself. She's looking through like the Cybus network and what and the news report. The free the news report period. guy. Yeah, exactly. The news report guy is speaking, and when she looks up to the Zeppelin, you can hear him say, and, you know, Torchwood is... Duh, 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 duh. Oh, yeah. Did it, was that the one I... Because I, 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 remember, I remember noticing one, but I can't remember if that's the one I noticed or if it was another one. And I think definitely the, the, the analysis and sort of takedown of capitalism also comes with the fact that they are literally preying on homeless people to feed their odd experiments. It's very dark, isn't it? I made a note about this, actually. It's extremely dark. And do you know what's really even more terrifying? Mm. Is that if this was actually a thing that was going to happen in our current reality, especially in the UK, they would do it. Yeah. Yeah, they would, definitely. Because, yeah. you know, our current government doesn't care about the working class or people oh, yeah. with low incomes. Yeah, if the Tories could experiment on homeless people, they would. You did. You didn't stutter. You didn't stutter. That's I did. What I'm saying it's a very, it's a very sad scene. Just like the 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 guy, the guy saying to Jake, because we will get to Jake. There's two characters <sighs> in this scene. All the side characters. I got to talk about all the side characters at some point. Actually, uh, yeah. Characters. Um, yeah. But yeah, that guy saying to Jake, you know, it's like, oh, this is easy for you to say. When was the last time you starved? Like you know. Exactly. Like, yeah, like and you can't even. Because he's him. so hungry. So, so in that scene, you get. The introduction of two amazing side characters because you get Jake, who we have talked about before. I think in the very first episode we mentioned I Jake. I think we did. Because I was doing the parallel Earth parallel talks with Lion Lives in My Head Rent Free. Jake yep. is great. Jake is bestie. He's Bay. He's fantastic. Um, uh, actually, if we're talking about Jake, research that I will get out of the way right up top and then we can talk about it throughout the rest of the uh, two parter as well. Fun fact, original scripting, um, Jake and Ricky were meant to be gay lovers. Because you can... Because there's notes where I'm like, they seem pretty fucking gay, dude. And then I was reading up on it, and yeah, Russell's original draft had them as... Or Russell's... Uh, yeah, the the original draft, Russell's original idea had them as gay lovers. I'm actually a little bit speechless right now because I was saving my Ricky and Jake ramblings for the next episode. But if we're going to go there, let's go there now. Well, I just think we're talking about Jake. We might as well also get into... Ricky. Yeah. Jake is extremely queer coded and I'm sorry if mm -hmm. you disagree but I don't care. Well, again, he was meant to be queer, yeah. But what, so obviously they got rid of it because of you know 2006 television and society and all of that stuff. Uh, where did you find out that he was originally supposed to be written that way? According to an interview with Andrew Hayden-Smith who plays Jake, 
and comments given by Ross to Davies in a press conference, Ricky and Jake were initially intended to be gay and lovers. Uh, a deleted scene included in the complete Series 2 DVD box set confirms this. Here's the thing. So, dear listener, I just watched that deleted scene, and so <laughs> did Elliot. Because yes. we're, 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 not, we're nothing if not the queerest people on the planet, <laughs> and having our headcanon confirmed as canon is a thing. The performance isn't great from um, the guy who plays Jake. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a really clumpy line to add in. It's a really clumpy line, like, you know, um, but I just think, we, I knew, I knew there was something going on. There, there, there could not have been something going on. Because without, without jumping forward to the next episode, uh, we won't discuss it, but yeah, Jake's reaction to Ricky's demise is quite intense for someone you're just friends with. Exactly. Also, big shout out to this commenter on YouTube who says, how have I only just discovered this? All my past years, barren and grey without this clip. I feel exactly Agreed. <laughs> Agreed, sis. We'll link this clip in the show notes for you guys so you can watch it for yourself. Yeah, it's only 30 seconds. It's, it's good. Um, so, yeah, so that's lovely. He has a great introduction. And also, as well, and I, you might not agree with this, and that's absolutely fine, I adore Mr. Crane. Colin Spall, the actor, really mm-hmm. said, I'm in Doctor Who, so I'm really just going to make my mark, you know? Yeah, it, it's like he's, sort of, he's giving sort of Michael Caine kind yeah. of vibes, you know? No, he's, he's great. I love... He was hot just, sweet tea. Hot sweet tea. Beans. <laughs> Hulk. Beef. Like, oh, it does sound good what he's saying, though, to be fair. Like, I can almost like smell it <laughs> when he's talking about it. Yeah, and all and washed down with hot sweet tea. Yeah, no, he's wonderful. I love him. He he's also very camp in this episode. It's great, and he's um. I love that since he's been in Doctor Who, he's really basically almost claimed that this is his rise to <laughs> fame. And like he he wrote like a biography. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was like a big mention of Doctor Who in it or Aww. something. But um, he is great in this. To be fair, he's one. He's, he's so good in this. One of my favorite side characters in the show. This whole episode is populated with great side characters. This is the most iconic side characters we're ever going to get in Doctor Who. Is in this episode. I'm sorry. Like, I love all of them. And do you know who I really love? If it's not Mrs. Moore, I'm gonna boot you. I wasn't gonna say Mrs. Moore. She's 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 so sweet. Angela Price. Don't tell us all. Uh, keep that with it between us, guys. Um, but no, for me, we didn't get enough of Mickey's grandma. Line deliveries live in my head rent free. Is um, is when she's like, "Oh, you've been out with those friends of yours. Oh, what friends then?" Those goes. Don't pretend you don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't pretend you don't fucking know. What I'm talking about bitch. Also, uh, love love Mickey's grandma. She's a great character. Classic camera man boom operator reflections in the uh, big thick black glasses oh are they i didn't notice i can't help but notice it's just because they're so the frames are so massive of course because she's she's visually impaired um, yeah yeah yeah. and yeah it's just i can just sort of, i didn't notice it i just notice it just because of how massive they are on the screen bless them <laughs> do you know what though the whole thing with mickey's um grandma is extremely dark as well because mm. like Mickey obviously blames himself for the fact that he never fixed the rip on the stairs. But then, you know, you can't think that way. You know, we, I mean, you say that's people and, you know, you feel how you feel. But, like, he, he you know. 
But they are incredibly it's... brutal about it, because even when Rose is talking about it, she doesn't just say, you know, oh, she, you know, she had a, she had a fall at home, or you know, oh, she tripped down the stairs because of the carpet. She said, she says she tripped down the stairs and broke her neck. That it's is horrible. Yeah. Do you know what? Mickey goes through as a character. He's actually. Ex- I wish they did touch on this a bit more. Mm. But Mickey has gone through a lot of crap, and I think that's why. Again, not to skip forward to the two part too much, but at the end of t- the second part. But like, I think the decision he makes at the end make- means so much because he he feels obviously extremely useless a lot of the time because you know Rose went missing for a year and he was blamed for it. That's a lot to take on. That's quite emotionally and psychologically. That's a lot of brain space to take up but then on top of that you feel guilty about your grandmother's passing because you think it's your fault because you didn't fix the carpet on the stairs it's yeah it's a lot he has he has a lot going on and it's actually quite sad um but yeah i love ricky's grandma and i like I, I like knowing that later on um in series four him and his grandma had loads of time together yeah. which is nice i um another side character i'm particularly fond of uh is I like the president. Don Warrington is amazing. The president is a great character, and he actually, guess what? He's a politician who actually looks like he cares about human beings. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Imagine that. One of, uh, again, this is not this is not me being like, oh, yeah, it's my favourite line, and I'm going to keep getting them in throughout the episode so we don't have any at the end. But in the realm of line deliveries, live in my head rent-free as they're going to the uh, Zeppelin and he meets Pete for the first time. He goes, Mr. Tyler, I tried your drink. It tastes like pop. <laughs> it's just solely about the way he says it. So, well, it is pop. He's really good. No, he's really good. Um, but, but then also that sort of awk, slightly awkward, but also quite powerful. Yeah, he's like, like, you made money by selling a health food drink to a sick nation. It's just, it's cool. I like him. It is cool. No, it's yeah. really cool. Um, what if I refuse? To be fair... I I hate to say it, but if Vitex was a thing now and it had health properties and tasted like fizzy drink, I'd be drinking it all the fucking time. Yeah, if there was a if there was a cherry aid drink that was also healthy for you, yes, please. All over it, all, all fucking over it. over it, all over it like a rash. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, also uh, Mrs. Moore. Mrs. Moore is great. She gets more time in the next episode. So I don't want to say too yes. much now. Yeah, because there's stuff in the next episode that we got to. But we love Mrs. Moore on this podcast. Um... So before we get into like the latter half of the episode, because because it's sort of very divided between those things and then the stuff happening at the party. So before we get into the party, because yes. party is a whole deal, gotta say before we go to the party, there is a glimpse, and it's only a glimpse of the amazing, the perfect Murray Gold Cyberman score. Yeah. I love it so much. It's, it's one great. of the best pieces of music from the show. It's extremely eerie. It's extremely foreboding. It's very foreboding. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Murray, Marry I'll me. do anything for you. I love. I love that man. Me too. I love that bald head. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Doctor Who composers and being bald? Murray Gold. It- Sega Except for Ben Foster. Ben Foster's got a gorgeous head of hair. Love Ben. Yeah, so, okay, right. Big, big thing here. Because mm. it might take up the rest of the recording time. Yeah. We're at a party. Yes. People, nice, fancy, black tie, tens in a tux. 
I just think they both look incredible in their black uh, waitress and waiter uniforms. But I also really like that, like, Rose is like, you know, Sir Doctor, Dame Rose, we could have been anyone. And But the Doctor's right. If you want to learn something, you have to be at the ground floor level and know what's going on because you can access a lot of different avenues. But then also you get that lovely bit of jealousy from Rose as well. She's who's a, Lucy? Yeah. She's like, who's Lucy? Who's Lucy? Yeah, she's very jealous about Lucy. But maybe and Lucy's just a bit thick. That's one of my favourite lines. It's just yeah. it's the delivery just makes it so good. It's like, maybe Lucy's just a bit thick. It's great. Sort of reminds me of um reminds me of Ten's delivery of uh well, Cassandra's delivery of no matter how desperate the situation, there is no need to No shout. need to shout. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um this might be one of my favourite notes that I've made because I think you'll agree. Uh, after I wrote that down and I was gushing about Billy Piper's dress, it just says, and Camille looks stunning in her dress too. Then underneath that, good night for the gays. It's such a good night for the gays. Oh my God. Girl. Camille does yes. look amazing in that. In that Camille Kaduri, step on me. Just step <laughs> on me now. <laughs> oh, she looks so good. She looks so good. That outfit holds up, in my opinion. Yeah, because sometimes you see like party scenes and stuff, and they and they've all got those. Especially the men may have their very two thousand sort of. They've got ill-fitting suits on, and they've all yeah. got bad hairdos. But that outfit is timeless. She looks great. Do you mind if we talk about something that I actually really quite? It makes me really sad. It makes me really sad, and I want to discuss. We can, but sorry, I just because this is going to just keep knocking around in my head if I don't say it it's not a point for the podcast just because it's going to make you laugh but in my head i just keep going what color is jackie's dress the darkness (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that camille's become a meme now (laughs) that's all i can hear in my head the darkness i love camille Um, sorry something that makes you sad so i actually have a thing and i've had this since i was a kid Mm -hmm. if something is too sad for me i will just skip it Mm mm-hmm um, that's why I have only watched Doomsday genuinely maybe twice in my whole life because it's the saddest episode of Doctor Who to ever fucking exist, ever. Um, the bit when Rose speaks to Jackie mm. outside and they're sitting down and, you know, you think they're going to have a nice, wholesome little chat. Yeah, because it does start off very sweet. Very, very wholesome. And then Jackie puts her right back down to earth and is like, you just starve. Yeah, well... It's heartbreaking. I used to skip this scene all the time. Yeah, it's difficult to watch. Uh, I I almost considered skipping over it. Because it reminds me, well, it doesn't remind me, it makes me think of if my mum was like that to me. Because my Mm. mum is almost like, she's very much like Jackie in a lot of ways. She's very, very loving and very, very like, you know, but I'm very buddy-buddy with my mum. Can Um, confirm. Stunning lady. Thank you. She's incredible. She's an icon. She is the moment. My mother. Only met her once. Deeply in love. Here's to my mother, everyone. Woo! Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, if my mum ever spoke to me like that, I think I'd actually crawl into a ball and die. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just. And everything as well. And then just like the nastiness of like that's all fucking. You're not getting paid. Yeah, capitalist boss shit as well. Yeah, it's just like. Oh, oh it's wow. horrible. It's like, you know, it also kind of reminds me of like. Um, when, when I've heard of people that I know that they speak to their like boss or something and they think they're getting through to them and it's like, oh wait, no, crash back down to reality, yeah. you don't care about me. <laughs> and especially because then also the the um, the conversation with Pete before it is so lovely and wholesome. Yeah. With him being like, why am I telling you all of this? I don't actually yeah. know you. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm really glad. I love that there's this genuine 
like, you know, call it spiritual, call it whatever you want, but Pete and Rose always, whatever context it is, that he has a connection to her and he can't quite explain it, like in um, Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yeah. Um, I do think if Pete was alive, she probably would have been a daddy's girl, to be honest. I do feel mm. like they would have been very, very, very extremely close. And I think that's why she has such an issue with his loss and the amount of grief that she carries throughout the entire show, actually. Yeah, um, yeah I think... Yeah, it's just really sad, isn't and I, it? Yeah, and I do love that you're so open with her and then he's just sort of like, oh, I don't really know why I'm telling you this. but And then there's that line where he just goes, but you just sort of seem right. bright. Yeah. And so oh. and I love as Sean. I top, I love her little awkward, you can trust me. <laughs> and I also like as well when, when she has the start of the wholesome conversation with Jackie when she's like, yeah, oh, you know, you picked a good man. Still a bit of a Jack the Lad even now, but, you know, it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I love oh. that she's playing matchmaker at this party. Um, oh, I love the Tylers so much. <laughs> yeah, and I I also enjoy that that they did sort of give Camille the ability to do like because she's so wholesome all the time that they sort of gave her the opportunity to do something a bit different. A lot of range, a lot nasty. of range. Yeah. Um. So this is not tied into the party, but I do want to jump back to the party. But just something that I will feel will come up a lot in next episode, and I would be amiss yeah. to mention this episode. For low-budget 2006 BBC television, the shared frames between the two Mickeys doesn't look terrible. You can notice it, but it doesn't yeah. look as bad as it could do for what they were doing Agreed. at the time. Because they share say, though, a lot of frame space. They do. I will say this, though. I'd made a very specific note about this. Some of the camera choices in this mm. are a choice. Yeah. I don't know who shot this episode... I'm really sorry, but there's a thing called not moving the camera all the time. Just like I think part two for me personally has stronger direction. Even though they're the same director, Agreed. part two has stronger direction. Agreed. Yep, 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 yep. Um But yeah, it's so of course more, yeah. while they're having that little wholesome conversation, tens, you know, looking at the open laptop. And honestly, I love something that fills my little heart with joy is that as the Cybermen are marching towards the party, the ten and rows they just find themselves. They, yeah, they find each other. They go back into the house to fight each other. I'm always like, oh. It's great. Oh. Mom's my little heart. It does. Yeah. It really does. The Cyberman reveal is so unoriginal, mm. but very big but. I love it. I just... the The, I think, genuinely good editing and strong direction of slowly marching into focus but you're cutting mm -hmm. back between david and billy talking about them with yeah. the amazing score going on as they're walking slowly into focus just works so well it does and also the weather really was a paid actor in this i'm not gonna lie mm. because i love that you can tell it's a really cold cardiff evening cardiff yeah. night um and you could see and it's set in february so it's yeah like and yeah. it's like, I think the coldness and the wetness and everything, it really adds that eerie, scary, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that vibe. I like it. And so men are cold. And it's almost like the condensation on their metal like yeah. exterior. It's quite cool. And like everything, when he's peering, when uh, David's peering through the window and as he's speaking and it's fogging up the glass and everything, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so moody. It's really good. 
It's and so then, good. And then obviously they smash through. I love uh, the, the I love that cut because I just love the way that I was just like, but what are they? Because Cybermen, as they then. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I mean, I also love the scene, the bit where Rose is seeing them out of focus coming towards her. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that, that, that gives me chills when the lights come on. They just, the floodlights yeah, come on. Oh, like, yeah. Very cool. And then obviously the president, you know, is like, what if I refuse? We're not, I'm not getting converted. What if I refuse? With some great David Tennant. Don't. don't. What happens if I just refuse? I'm telling you, don't. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if I refuse? You will be deleted. I like the... To be fair, his death didn't look that stupid. No, actually, the ones at the party look quite good. So there's chaos. Everybody's running, going crazy. Bullets won't stop them. <laughs> Bullets won't stop them. I love something go. Something I picked up on as they leap out the window. Um, the, way that, the way that Pete shouts Jackie is exactly the same the way that, the way that yeah. everybody shouts Mickey. It just runs in the family. It's just, Jackie! 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 It's so sad. I mean, obviously, you can tell the relationship's broken down from Jackie's end because Pete still is very much in love with her. And yeah. It's really sad. It's really sad. Um, And then, you know, Rose is like, come on, Pete, come with me. You know, and she's like grabbing him. And then they're all in a little group together. And the doctor's like, okay, we're going to give in to this. Even though it's totally illogical, by the way, they wouldn't have seen those side men coming around the corner. I love as they're running towards the side gate, and you just get the "Who are you?" and these you wouldn't believe me in a million years as they like slide to a, a halt on the gravel with the side men coming towards them. It's very the, no, fun. the slide on the ground was very, very, very cool. I liked that. Yeah. So even though it's like, how would you not have seen those side men? It's still incredibly fun, and I love it. Yeah, really and yeah, fun. And, they, and they get surrounded. And a great cliffhanger. Great cliffhanger. But we surrender. I, I love that. I love that. Is, that genuinely always gives me shivers. Just the uncaringness of the Cybermen with him just being the like, But listen to me, we surrender. It's like we're literally giving you what you want, yeah. and they're like, "We don't care." And David doesn't hold his hands up. He has his hand. He has them clenched in his fists. fists, which is really cool. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, as if things weren't bad enough, there's two Mickey's. Um, <laughs> Before we bring this to a close, I do have some miscellaneous points that I'd like to bring up. Misc points. Let's go. If you don't mind. No, of course. I'm sure I might miss something here and there. I want to say the uh, Freedom Fighters base is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And I like I like the uh, I like I like Ricky's. What am I doing here? What, what am, am I, I doing, doing there? there? Yeah. Um, I think the production design team really popped off really really popped off in that in that moment in that mm. like big house they they've like taken over the bottom floor almost and it's just you know there's loads of stuff lying around like food blankets whatever it is like fires and things it, it just the lighting in that whole scene it's beautiful i think it's amazing i love it i wish we'd see more of it to be honest something miscellaneous that i picked up on um is the scene where the homeless people are abducted yes uh, the oil drums that they're burning fires out of, the sort of, you know, empty oh. barrels, um, have actually got the Cybus logo sort of, like, cut out of them. Insane. Yeah, I just thought that was quite, like, a I don't know, nice little bit of sort of foreshadowing, extra production value, that Cybus are so massive that they even have, like, disused drums laying around. Uh, it reminded me a bit of End of Time when the Master is... Uh, Banging on the... Hot oil, hot, sticky... Just think, I I only I only remember that being cool because it's not cool, but I only remember it being cool because if I watch End of Time now, it'll always be part two. 
because I want my emotions hurt. But I only ever see that scene cut in with David doing the I'm going to die. And then you get the hard cut to the master hitting the Oh God, don't. I love that. Great bit of editing. Great bit of editing. So Cliffhanger's great. Very, very cool. But we're going to have to wait and see what happens until next week. So that brings us on to the wrap-up. My God. So, Elliot, my mm. chum, what was your standout moment? Oh, standout moment for me, because I do really love this one, probably the party scene at the end. The Cybermen, the Cybermen storming the party is just... It's great. Iconic and amazing and everything. It's great. Sends shivers down my spine, so including the, the cliffhanger. So probably everything from the party onwards, to be honest. Yeah. How about you? For me, for me... Uh, for you. <laughs> is Rose and Mickey exploring the parallel world, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. that, 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 that little five minutes where they're kind of just... You know, so like when Ten and Rose are like walking down the street and they see the people with the air the the AirPods the earpods, sorry, <laughs> um, and Mickey seeing his grandma. You know, just them exploring parallel London is very cool. I know it's not really a moment, but it's a thing that I enjoyed. Um, so what what is a, a moment that didn't work for you? This is actually a bit of a nitpick, I'll be honest, because I've actually sat there for ten minutes after watching the episode, being like, "What didn't work? What didn't work?" And this is a nitpick. The effects of making Cardiff look like London, they don't hold up. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. Some, some of them are quite egregious, aren't they? Yeah, like there's the bit where, like I said just now, when Rose and Ten are walking down the road and they see the people with the ear pods and there's a there's this wide where they've blended is it, it. Is it meant to be St Paul's? Yeah, they, they've tried to blend it in and it looks like they've literally taken Photoshop, got the blur tool and gone... And then just like, yeah, it's not good. It's yeah. Not good. not good. What about you? Um, same thing, I'd really have to be nitpicking. So even though I've already mentioned it, um probably seen the, the, the camera crew and everyone reflected in the glasses. Just kinda of funny. Yeah. But yeah. Honestly, not really a moment that didn't work for me in terms of story and structure. Yeah. In this episode. So what was your most doctory moment then? Ooh. Um Actually probably the pure joy and delight when he finds the little spark of power in the TARDIS. I just love everything, just how excited he is. He's like, he's like is that is that a reflection? And then opens it and I love I love how Tennant shouts Mickey, we've got power. Well, darling, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, mine just happens a few moments after that. <gasps> yeah. When the doctor gives easily ten years of his life to save the TARDIS, because the TARDIS is the love of his life. I do love that. I love the way he says it as well, where he's just like I just gave away 10 years of my life. He's like, oh. Worth every second. Worth every second. Yeah, it's lovely. But then also, uh, the way he kind of, when he kisses that little thing, I, I don't know what to call it, like a... Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, he kisses it, and it's also it's almost quite sensual. I was like, David, please. <laughs> he does love Do you know what I'm talking about? Does he, does he sort of stroke bits of the TARDIS? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, favourite quote, my love. Favourite quote Ooh. from this episode, Rise of the Cybermen. There's only one right answer. You know that, Ooh. don't you? I don't know. Now that you said that, it's put me on edge. So can you go first? <laughs> can you go first to take me off edge? Mine is genuinely, and I'm not even trying to be funny, it's, you can trust me on this. It's really funny. It makes me Fair. laugh. Fair. Um, I, I have... 
I have two that are battling it out. I suppose my my true authentic one, and it just it sends me every time. Your truth. The acting and everything. He's after the Cybermen invade, and then Lumic phones the president, and she goes, "Mr. President, I suppose your remark about crashing the party is appropriate at this time." <laughs> it's the way he laughs at his <laughs> joke. It's so good. Oh, can I say this before I forget? Because it really it's it's a it's a it's the way that um it's the way that Roger says and restore. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's more like restore. His delivery is amazing, but there's there's something about the laugh that he does as well. It's so maniacal, yeah. and you like, got ah. like the, the GoPro attached to the wheelchair, sort of following around. Oh, it's awful! That shot is awful, but it's great. It's like, I suppose a remark about crashing the party is appropriate at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, that that's my that's my authentic self. But I would be um, remiss not to mention how the line that sends shivers down my spine. Every time I watch it, and still does, even when I finished it last night, is um, when they're cornered right at the end, and uh, after the Doctor's surrendering, you have that amazing build-up, and then that one Cyberman says, "Man will be reborn as Cyberman, but you will perish under maximum deletion." Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Oh, bitch, bitch, you got th- that was good. That was <laughs> real good. It's the voice and everything. It's great. I think. Do you know what? That's probably mine as well. Man will be reborn as Cyberman, but you will perish under maximum. And then, as he says, maximum deletion. They'll do that weird thing where they like touch their chests and then put their hands. Maximum out. deletion. It's, almost, it's very almost Third Reich, isn't it? Yeah. Would would be better if you didn't then go delete, 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 delete. I actually really hate the Cybermen saying delete. It's really cringe and ick, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't mind it once or twice, but I don't like that that was their catchphrase. I don't like that, like, certain creatures have that standout... Well, with many of the Daleks seven, it's like, exterminate, delete. delete yeah. Like, they didn't need I can, I can take Daleks because it's very of the show and it's it's almost... It's part of it. But then I feel like the seven are just... It's almost like copying, isn't it? Yeah. The only time it works for me is, um, yeah, is when he's talking to the president. He's like, you, he's like oh, uh, you, you, you're a rogue element, etc. Whatever he says. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, what happens if I refuse? He's like, you know, well, this, and he's like, and then what happens is you will be deleted, and then like, yeah, that, that's, that that's feels fine. like it's yeah. part of the flow, but then when they just go yeah. delete, it's a bit like, yeah, it's like, oh god. Yeah. But question: What would you rate this out of five? What's your rating for this episode? Well, when I tell you, I have struggled with this all day. Um, mm, I believe that because I love it and it's nostalgic. And it's wonderful. I genuinely think it's wonderful. Don't let nostalgia cloud your judgment. I do that way too often. I know. I do really love this episode, though. But again, I think if I'm being if I'm being true to myself, I think it's a four. Only because again, I am aware of the fives that are coming. And is it on those same levels? No, but it's still fucking good. To be fair, so agreed. For me, it's four as well. Four out of five. So once again, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful, fun-filled episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you had fun. I had fun. So much fun. Such fun. Such fun. Such Bear with, bear with. (laughs) Bring Miranda Hart into Doctor Who, you cowards. How has she not been in Doctor Who yet? Amazing the other day that someone was like... um saying that Tom Ellis should be Bond, and then they were like, oh, does that mean that Miranda Hart then gets to be a Bond girl? Yes, it absolutely does. And if you have a problem with that, then you hate fun and you're a dick. So you 
as of this moment, can support us on Patreon. We only have one tier on Patreon, which is the lowest they would allow us. It is £3. And if you pledge us £3, you get a shout-out on the show. So currently pledging us £3 is Lewis and Trans Girl Aubrey. We really appreciate your support. It really means the world to us. But don't feel like you have to support us on Patreon. You can support us just by doing what you're doing now, which presumably is listening to the show if you're hearing this, and also rating us, reviewing us, engaging with our TikToks, watching our TikToks. We don't mind. Speaking of TikTok, we are on TikTok. We're on TikTok at Come Along Pond Podcast. We post loads of great things over there. Stories, whenever episodes come out, there's fun little clips, bits from the episodes, reactions to things, damn the ranking, the doctors, lots of great stuff. It's all happening. There is over 100,000 engagement things on there. So why don't you come be another statistic? You can email us if you want your email read out at the start of the show, or if you just want to email us in private, that's not a problem. We are comealongpondpod at gmail.com. We also repost TikToks, and we do other stories and fun little things on Instagram, probably where we're most active. That is comealongpondpodcast. We're on Twitter, which we'll be getting updated soon. That is comealongponddw. You can also find the podcast on the relevant places, such as YouTube. That has started being updated. Again, just type in comealongpondpodcast. We are right at the top. We would really appreciate that. And, again, we will be on on your apples your spotify's anywhere you want to find us absolutely well i can't wait to speak to you all about the age of steel elliot as always it's been wonderful chatting to you oh damn it's been so lovely talking to you genuinely genuinely really great at the moment as i'm currently recording this i'm I'm not feeling very well so this has been a really great boost for me genuinely thank you once again so much for listening We hope you have a lovely day, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. I hope that everything is treating you well. I hope that you've enjoyed Power of the Doctor, because we're still getting ready to watch it. Yeah, it's so crazy how how timey-wimey this is. It's so timey-wimey. What are we? Time Lords? No, we're just people with a silly little podcast. Anyway. (laughs) Incidentally, it's been lovely talking to all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs. That actually hurt my throat a little bit. <laughs> oh, she's got a sore throat. It's not easy, is it? Bye. Bye bye now. Bye. Bye bye now. See ya. Bye. 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 It tastes like pop. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.